out of here like mash could be playing some <laughs> some jefferson airplane perhaps go into some pearl jams you know <laughs> yeah, maybe, maybe. maybe we should play stuff for, yeah he may. we should play shit that's popular from like fucking the original iraq war 2003's <laughs> greatest hits <laughs> Could I saw off a little bit of some Neptunes, perhaps go into some 50 Cent. <laughs> that's the thing, though. We, we we didn't have that generation. Gulf War, you know, Afghanistan. We didn't have that generation of anti-war songs. No, we didn't. That's, well, actually, we had we had, we had had that one group of Dixie Chicks. Rest in peace. I mean, that's a problem, though. Rest in peace. That's the problem. Dixie you Chicks go against and, a man. You go against a machine. Yeah. Dixie, and Ray, I never rage against a machine because they left for a little bit. Uh, fucking system of a down. Yeah, but you, you know what I mean, man. Yeah, I don't, I don't say it. It's no, it, was, it was rough, man. Like I said, look at Dixie Chicks. They killed three white women. Three pretty white women off that shit. You think any of us had a chance? Nope. They're shut the fuck up. Make these beats. Write them rhymes. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, Ooh, but anyway, anyway, yeah. But anyway, so we're gonna go into our, I guess, not our everybody's everybody's tradition. Like you know, everybody had their list done mad early, but we are a podcast by people of color, and thus we hit you with the top ten lists after Bro, everybody else has done it. The CP time is real. CP time is real. We've got our <laughs> list meticulously of, planned. Of 2019. 2019. <laughs> We're about to... <laughs> you know? 2019. 2019. Though. You know, that was before fucking we, we attacked Iran. That was before. A lot, a lot of things happened in that last week or so. You when, know what I'm saying? When America was great. When America was great, you know? <laughs> before we rediscovered Tom Hanks' son as a, as, as a rapper. Wait, what? You ever heard two happen went viral? No. My man started speaking in like snow esque Jamaican via Canada what? patois in the Golden Globes. But here's the funny thing is Gawker, for some reason, Gawker hated his ass. So if you go to Gawker to this day and look up his fucking name, Chet, there's a thousand posts just them clowning him every chance they get. <laughs> because he was before the patois, even though he came out there with a the little patois, the little the little the little Drake flair. He was a, a a rapper, rapper, rappity rap, rapper. Wow! Yeah, did, and, did not and, know that. Yeah, so there's there's a small fact. He had a little viral infamy this past week. Oh, yeah, you know. But anyway, you know. Anyway, so yeah, Let, back back to 2019. Back to 2019. Let's start off. I'm gonna do my list. Uh, yeah, actually, I, I'm gonna try to do my. I'm just gonna do my list. Fuck it, because I'm gonna try to do it by chrono, chronologically. I don't really have it in order. Yeah, let's, let's but yeah, I'm just, just gonna, run I'm gonna, that I'm list. Gonna, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go. Right. Yeah. First thing is, I think we all kind of can admit from our last podcast who had the greatest rap year of the year, the baby. So he had dropped two projects this year. I went with the first one, Baby on Baby. Um, there's an argument to be made. His second record, Kirk, may have some growth to it. But what I like on Baby on Baby is the fact of this is him, first record, first, you know, this out hungry. You know, 30 minutes long, no fucking bars practically, <laughs> no space. It's literally just one long rap song from beginning to end. Had his biggest hit song, Sugar, on there. It's just a great showcase of basically, not to be funny, of, of I don't want to kind of make it sound like this old stocky person, but some dude gets some beats, raps over those beats, puts an album out, becomes big. It's, it's the way hip-hop used to be before you had this crazy album cycle that kind of mirrored a lot of pop stars. Yeah. And before mixtapes and everything else is just a dope album. Yeah, definitely, definitely. I would say I think I prefer Kirk a little bit more because one 
one of these weird things where I felt like there's this crazy progression <laughs> from the first album it to was, the second album. It is. Album. It is actually. I, I and, make and, argument. Yeah. In the same year, which is you know that's that usually happens for artists like over a course of a year or two, and that happened in the course of like what six months. Um, I thought Kurt was a little bit more introspective. Uh, he still kind of brought his brand of rap, but he was able to kind of like look back. You know, um, I guess it's like Dad passed away like right around the time he was like launching that album. So, um, but yeah, no, I, I, that did not make my list. But uh, I'm not mad. I'm not mad. I'm not mad at his success. Cool, cool, cool. So. What's what's on you? You go next. Let's go. Let's go, let's play like tennis style. Uh, you know, I'm going. This is this is kind of a left field one. I I don't. I, I saw this name pop up on a few different lists, um, but uh, I'm just going to go out with it. Uh, Faye Webster, Atlanta Mil- Millionaires Club. Really? Yeah. I found myself listening to this album a lot, and I don't know why i think the algorithm was just feeding it to me and feeding it to me and feeding it to me and every time i listened to it i was just like oh snap like you know it's a depressing country folk album from a 23 year old like singer who sings hooks for awful records (laughs) which is like your boy father and Arethro, like, like basically who sings hooks for like scumbag, scumbag, coked up, <laughs> art school, hip hop, thug rap. Yeah. <laughs> um, and she comes out with this like country, you know, it's just like this country folk album, but it's just like, it's very interesting because it's very much like, like depressing in a lot of ways. Like she has this one song about like how, like it's like oh you're not there but you're there and talking about how i guess she was probably dating a rapper and seeing his billboard all across atlanta and just being like fuck you but i love you at the same time and i was like oh that that's emotion right there you know that's emotion so um you know i I guess i didn't get to listen to norman fucking rockwell um i never got around to it i'm not a huge Lana del rey fan but i feel like it's in that same wheelhouse um, I would say the Faye Webster is probably a bit more edgier, especially with Lance, like new work come going a little bit less like on the hip hop realm and more of the American kind of realm. But uh, yeah, I, w- I would check it out. Like, I've saw I've seen this album, Faye Webster album, pop up on a few lists. So I'm not crazy. So. Yeah, it's it's it's. I haven't heard given a chance. A lot, a lot of the right. She would have made my list, although we had a discussion before. The reason why I have a problem, or I can't say a problem. Like I like what she does. I, I liked all her records. I think this is the most fully formed record she's ever had. My only issue is the fact of where it, she, she's got a great persona she puts out of this, like, let's say, Nancy Sinatra, but kind of like this, like, almost like The weekend, almost. Like, yeah. this, this alternative character. The only thing is, it, with this record and her interviews, it kind of makes you wonder if it's a little bit like, basically like Girls in HBO, where it's just like, is this the making fun of Girls That Vapid? Or is it celebrating people that vapid? And that's why I kind of didn't make my list, even though I'm a fan. Yeah, I mean, but that's been Lana Del Rey from the jump. I mean, she's like the daughter of some record label mogul. So, you know, like, if she complains about stuff, are you really complaining? You yeah, know? It's, a, it's that weird. It's just like, I kind of get it if you're, like, like going back to what we discussed, Father John Misty. Like, he's actually come off the record and be like, this is all bullshit, yada, yada, yada. You know, very, you know, angry. This is all persona type shit. Lana Del Rey, I really do think, like, she's kind of like, you know, in her mind, this is actually a positive ideal <laughs> she's putting out there. <laughs> so I struggle. We'll see. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, all right. So next on my list is going to be, oddly enough, it's it's Tom York. 
Tom York, I feel like, has made some lists, but it's motherfucking Tom York. He should be on all the lists. <laughs> um, Anima. Anima was his, I believe, third solo record. Am I correct? Yeah, yeah, because you had Adams for Peace. So you had Deracer, then you had Tomorrow's Morning Boxes, I think it was called, and then now you have this. But really, let's say it's probably more like his fourth or fifth solo record. Probably, if you really think about it, probably 11th or 12th, if you count right in your head. <laughs> <laughs> Shots to Johnny Greenwood. But, um, but anyway... Um, I love the eraser. Tomorrow's morning box is a little bit too dancey and a little bit too experimental. What I liked about this was that it's still very experimental, but it's still very Tom York and it's really great songwriting, which is why we all love Radiohead. Radiohead yeah. does a lot of weird shit. Sometimes it's fucking guitars. Sometimes it's weird fucking fucked up synthesizers from the fucking 70s. But generally, they're great songwriters. So I, the reason why I love this record is because it's Tom at his most songwritery, even yeah. though it's a lot of glitched out. And it's just cool. Uh, um, I mean, there's nothing... There's no grand statement here, as opposed to a lot of the Radiohead crazy concept albums about the dystopian future, which we're kind of living in now. So yeah. props to them. Give me some lottery numbers. But uh, it's just a great record of, a, of an artist who, and let's be honest, he's been making music for fucking three decades now. Probably yeah. arguably four, because I believe the first on a Friday was, I think, late 89. At this stage in the game, for somebody who's clearly in middle age in his, in his mid-50s, He's still keeping up with the young kids. You know what I'm saying? It's out to put a Tom York record against anybody out there, any young 22-year-old avant-garde genius. So, you know, props to him. And, you know, it's kind of cool to kind of see a rock star aging, A, gracefully, but B, also pushing the paradigm fold forward and not sitting on his laurels and not just fucking, like, doing, you know, Kid A fucking revamps. So props to him. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I listened to the album. I think I kind of got through it once and I don't think I came back to it but you know look if you know you know gotta res- respect the Don Tom York so. Tom, <laughs> the Don Dada <laughs> big ups big ups to my man Tom uh, so I'll, I'll go next I, I am struggling with adding this album and I listened to it again and I realized I liked it a lot more than I thought it would, and I liked it way more than the critics like gave her. Uh, it's Solange. When I get home, okay. Um, it's it's a worthy follow up to her her last album, but since it has no singles, you know, and then her last album like didn't really have, have any singles, singles either. either. So that's why I'm like, but they had like you know she had like cranes in the sky that yeah, you can like play. She had a couple of great hooks. Yeah, you yeah. know, she had some hooks. She had something that you could like play out at the party or something at the after party or whatnot. But this one was like very much a, like a experimental, introspective album. Um, she worked with like a few different people. I like 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 uh, Christoph Chassol, who's like this producer that's worked with Frank Ocean and a couple other people and uh, French producer. Um, and I don't know. Like, I thought it was really interesting. Like something like uh, you know, I like the fact that like Solange gets all of these rappers to do this like, weird avant-garde experimental shit, like Gucci Mane, <laughs> you know, on my skin, my logo, which is like this weird like, what is he talking about? I gotta go rap genius <laughs> to decipher. <laughs> um, you know, and last her last album, she had like Lil Wayne, like just going deep and introspective. You know, so. I think it was like this really interesting play on like rapper masculinity and like what they can share and what they want to share and vulnerability and things like that. So I think she's playing with a lot of concepts and I kind of feel like um, this album, I think when it came out, like people were just were expecting so much 
more. Uh, but I think like once you listen to it a few more times, like I, I think it goes deep. It goes deeper than we give it credit for. I have a weird question. So recently she performed on like I think it was the Tonight Show. So you maybe realize she really didn't roll the album out the way you traditionally do, like all the Tonight Show appearances. You know, yeah. want to go on tour. So I wonder if a lot of that was that. I do think that if she kind of promoted it a little, like if she traditionally and went out and kind of honed these songs on a live stage, it'd be a little better. Obviously, she had an interesting year where she got divorced and tabloid fodder, yada, yada, yada. Who knows what else? I think she had Afropunk that was supposed to be, because um, wasn't that this year, last year she canceled Afropunk Johannesburg? I forget when she canceled it. One of those years. One yeah. of those years. You know, yeah. but anyway, she's had an interesting couple of years where she hasn't, she definitely was touring the first album a lot, but she had to cancel a lot of shows along the way. Yeah. And plus, I can understand because the album was huge. Her, her ass was out there working, you know, many nights, you know, basically making that money. So I could definitely understand why she probably took a step back. I remember she popped in, there was a Standing in the Corner, which is like an avant-garde jazz group that's down with like Earl Sweatshirts. I know they had a stream and she popped in there. She was not away from the spotlight per se, but definitely more in an artsy space. So I was thinking suspicion that the reason why we kind of, you know, because it was a good album. And I think it's just because there was no really momentum and we kind of still kind of expected that kind of like, all right, here's a Solange tour. She's playing Afropunk. Yeah. She's out here doing Essence Fest. She's got fucking, you know, she's got this huge now. She's got two hours worth of modern Solange work to kind of go out there. Let's see this, this new wave hipster, blipster Motown show. But anyway, it is a great record. Yeah. So long story short, I agree with you. Cool. Ooh. All right, so my next one will be Denzel Curry, Sue. Um, Denzel Curry's dope. And I only way I can describe it to you is he recently dropped, like maybe I think it was like actually recently, fuck, to this year. Um, I think a couple days ago. I think it's thirteen blood in, thirteen blood out. He basically dropped like this mixtape that reminds you of the old school like um like remember Raider Clan? Yeah. Yeah, like like it's it's badly produced, everybody streaming, it's three six mafia beats. And all apparently the clipping on the, all the clipping, oh god. Just the fucking the MacBook Logic Pros is fucking pissed at you and shit. So he kinda dropped it on some like, you know, this is a shout out to my old school Florida shit. And he kinda you know, and it's and it's cute. It's a little ten minute, fifteen minute maybe blend. Um and, you know, as a, as a shot to the fans, and it kind of showed you where he came from and where he is now. Yeah. Because he's somebody where he's, as far as artistic growth, he kind of came from that SoundCloud scene, where it's very, very much like Dirty Beats, you know, quote-unquote scary lyrics, you know, like almost like a... <laughs> Ready for this? Almost like a screwed, like 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 a screwed up, like promethazine ass fucking Odd Future. Mm. Cause it's like you know, if Odd Future was all amped and crazy, like that whole SoundCloud early Raider Clan type shit it was very much like Space Ghost Perp. Yep, was very druggy. But anyway, so he dropped that little shit. He's there screaming on the tracks. Obviously, fun shit. Probably old shit for the most part. And you see where he went from there to now, where he's like fucking. Doing Rage Gets and Machine Covers, but doing it just like Zach. Yeah. Doing political rap. You see him doing shit where, yeah, if you want to have screaming shit, he's got the old school screaming shit. He also has great songs and great jams. And like with, with Zoo, it was his ode to the Florida sound. And it was the ode to the classic Florida sound. Like it's something where you had like a little writer music. You had songs with Rick Ross. Yeah. It's stuff that you can kind of play. And it's kind of cool hearing a rapper that kind of came out of a very specific, very like I won't say avant-garde, let's say punk kind of underground world. 
and translate that to like you know like regular crossover hip hop and do it both well. Yeah. So it's just a great little showcase of what he can do and like I think with this record it kind of brought him out of that little area of where oh he's one of these SoundCloud dudes to like oh shit this is a rapidy rap rapper. Yeah. So props to him. Yeah. And, and this was the album I actually listened to after I created my list. So I was like really late in the game. Um, it might find a slide on my list if I if I you know take another shot at it. Um, first off, that Rage Against Machine cover is one of the best. Oh yeah, you know it's it's tone cover. perfect. And he added another verse. Yeah, that's in the same tone. That's yeah. fire and fits the song. So like, if y'all don't know. You know, I think that was for the Australian radio station. I know BBC does the same thing. They invite like artists to come over and do covers. Sometimes they're brilliant. Sometimes they suck. <laughs> <laughs> but like, that's one of the best covers I've seen in a, in a long time. Um, but yeah, like the album. One of the things that stood out to me about this album is like the production was flames on this album. I feel like it was aggressive. It was hard. Um, you know, like there's a lot of 808s. Uh, and I just kind of felt like it's like a punk rap album with some tracks. And I was like, oh, snap. Like, I really can rage out to this, you know? So, um, yeah, Productions Flames. I love, like, uh, I keep forgetting the song, but it's just like. Was it Ricky? The yeah, Ricky. Ricky yeah. Yeah, 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 I love Ricky. Yeah. That's one of my favorite songs of the year. So I do think he, you know, the dude has talent. And I'm glad, to, like, as you said, like graduating from the SoundCloud rap, like creating his own lane, crafting his own lane. Um, and I'm, I'm ready for I'm ready for the next project, yeah, basically. No. Yeah, so, so props to him. Um, uh, so you're up. Who's I'm your up. choice? So this, this is going to be another controversial pick. Mm-hmm. I, I, it's going to be some like, you know. You know, like, you know, the Grammys or, like, the Golden Globes where, like, they nominate, you know, a film from 2008. <laughs> <laughs> and it was, like, re-released in some random ass theater in L.A. to get eligibility. Best new artist is <laughs> yes. Cameron. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, some best new artist has been there out for, like, five years. So, all right. Jai Paul. Oh, no. That respectable. Jai Paul. Uh, leak 0413 bait ones. Yes, bait ones. <laughs> and again, like this can go either way. Like this is like the official release of the leaked album that came out in 2013. Um, back in the blog era, like Jai Paul, we've talked about this album. Jai Paul was, you know, dropped this. I think it was like a leak, and it blew up on the blogosphere. Everybody's pegging him to be like the next weekend. And I guess he got so shook by it, he just, like, completely dropped off the face of the earth. Um, pops back up in 2019 and just drops a leak on sound on uh, Spotify and then drops, like, two or three new songs, which are actually really solid and legit. Um, and then disappeared again. <laughs> <laughs> but it's really actually kind of great to hear these songs again, realize that they, they hold up, Realize that like they're really cool, and realize that like you know if they like if we didn't hear the 2013 leaks and you just dropped this in 2019, I think everybody would be talking. About oh yeah, that, that's that's not, it's in a weird way it's probably the biggest flex ever because he dropped this album now and it sounds like a new album like it's it's something yeah. where it's it's aged by like six years even when it was dropped apparently there were old tracks and this dude still sounds in the fucking future so it's something where it's cool to kind of hear this record in its proper form. And like I, I, I'm, I'm not mad at it, man. Give, give the man his props, man. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and you know, I, I think it, 
he leaves us begging for more. I think he's like some real estate investor or some shit like that, like in the UK. <laughs> so he's got the money. He's just doing this. You know, he got bored one day, you know. But uh, yeah, I mean, I, I really hope he pops back up. I also hope he doesn't pop back up. I, I like, I like, I think we were so used to getting all this continuous music every single day. Sometimes you just need something to just happen, like a fucking Snapchat story. Yeah, you know, it's happening it, and disappear. And I'll take a classic album. Fuck it. You know yeah, what I'm saying? Exactly. Yeah, I'll, I'll have one classic album and a whole bunch of middling ones. You know, so. go out on top. Yep, true, true, true. So it's my turn. My record is Billy Woods, Kenny Beats, Hiding Places. So uh, long story short, Billy Woods, uh, Brooklyn MC, I believe East New York based. Been doing a lot of underground hip hop, which I feel like is the most cliche term in the world. <laughs> but let me rewind what I mean by that. He's somebody where it's almost like it's it's again. I could say street tales. These are all cliche terms. But the thing is, with Kenny Woods, when I get to describe him, is he almost feels like a journalist or a reporter, where it's literally ground level. So it reminds me of Humans of New York. Mm. Like he's the hood Humans of New York, Word. where he's just there reporting things on a micro level. Where it's not even about like, oh, there's the pimps and the pushers and this and that. It's like a grandmother pushing a fucking a cart. Yeah. It's kids playing fucking video games. It's a dude who fucking who can't afford to pay rent. It's these very micro stories that he does a really great job of just kind of illustrating. That's cool. Um, he dropped two records this year. The other one is Terror Management. I give the edge to this one only because it's one producer, Kenny Beats. Um... And it's just a, a dope, cohesive, like, and, and going back to the idea of with Radiohead, ready for this, ready for this leap? Uh-oh, uh-oh. It's the idea of where, you know, Radiohead kind of hit the ground running in the OK Computer, where it's just like, look, this is, this is, this is, OK Computer and Kid A is just, this is technology, this is the great things about it overall, but this is where we're going. Shit is going to get fucked up very, very soon. Yeah. And so with Kenny Woods, it's kind of like, not necessarily very soon, but the world he kind of paints is so dark. It's kind of weird because it's like, oh shit! Like it's, it's, it's almost like there's almost no, myth- there's no mythology behind what he's doing, mm-hmm. and it's so like, it's like I said, it's it's not like you know, I think hip hop falls the trap of making, like, like all right, it's it comes off the idea at times a lot of hip hop MCs either romanticize poverty, yeah, or kind of look down upon it through pros- because of prosperity raps, yeah. Or sometimes it becomes very political. With Kenny Beats, it's very much like, oh shit, like this is like when I'm somebody who, by any stretch of the imagination, is not poor. I'm somebody who's probably middle class. If we take my fucking money I make in New York City and take it anywhere else, I'm fucking rich, bitch. Yeah. But even listening to it is like, oh shit, a lot of this I see in my own life. Yeah. And it kind of causes a recursive loop where it's like, oh shit, like, you know. Even though I'm out here working for this American dream, even in my privileged space, a lot of it's disappearing. And it's like, it's weird to kind of hear, like, oh shit, this is where, like, these stories are where we're all kind of heading towards. Yeah. So it's just stopping as fuck, going back to the idea of Kid A. And it's just like, like a great piece of work. And it's, it's from probably one of the best pure lyricists out there. Word. Like, literally, his lyrics are just fucking, like, like if 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 Kenny can win a Pulitzer, he needs a Pulitzer too. Long story wow. short, I'm making that fucking bold ass claim. Wow. So that's 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 it for me. Back that's, to you, Stone. That is actually, man, I'm, dude. You need to be that dude's PR. Oh, you know, it's just like, I'm, 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 honestly, yeah, I'm ready. Here, even if you don't fuck with the, if you don't fuck with the fucking flow, if you don't fuck with the beats, 
do me a favor, just fucking check out the Rap Genius. Read through it, and you'll be like, oh, this is fucking dope. Yeah, that's no, all. You know, no. cool. Uh, so <laughs> another controversial pick. This is a very controversial year for me. Mm-hmm. Um, this artist should be canceled, and it's kind of weird because he dropped a really amazing project. I feel, and like he's slightly uncanceled in some circles, <laughs> still canceled in others. But I'm talking about your boy Daniel Caesar. Daniel Caesar. <laughs> I believe it's a proper term. Your boy Daniel Caesar got canceled, then said, You can't cancel me. I'll cancel myself again. <laughs> and then double down on the cancellation. <laughs> uh, the self hating black man himself. Yep. <laughs> Who's too black to be self hating? You know, At least be light skinned and pretty. Like. You know, can't have yeah, little dreads. Come know, on, bro. If you come if, on, bro. If he wasn't in Canada, he nah, would be got, like, you maybe know, that's what it make is. America great again. I'm like, if he had a little nice bat edge up, you know what I mean? Something a little more white girl friendly, but on paper, bro, you aren't putting that many Beckys. <laughs> yeah, come on, man, for all that, for so, that little border white maggot talk, gotta gotta up the little little little, you know, sell out game. Yeah. So so yeah, I mean, I I feel really bad about adding this to the list because I, I do feel oh, alright I, I do what I don't first off like you know look yes we can cancel him but it's not like he is R. Kelly so there's levels to this shit of course <laughs> it's it, agree you know um, so I, I, that's kind of how I that's the story I tell myself <laughs> um, but you know his album is, is, is great you know he put out the album Freudian I think that was like 2016 2017 that was a great kind of combination of like kind of indie sound uh, the Toronto sound uh, just like laced with like you know traditional R&B and it's just really interesting every time I'm on the subway I hear people singing Daniel Caesar songs I hear people singing the song he has with Kelly Ukis that everybody loves um, the one that he has with like now I think like if life is a movie then you're the best part like he makes some solid ass R&B and he could have been the Maxwell of, of this generation old statement there <laughs> let's see how it works out for you um, bring this home and I, I think you know obviously Case Studio 1 um just didn't get the rollout because I'm sure the label was just like I'm not touching this with a 50 foot pole and it's really sad because I think it's another really solid R&B album um, I mean there's there's some like I want to see like problematic like things but it's just kind of like he's talking about brown cocoa skin I'm like but dude um, maybe that's where we are now we're we're we're, <laughs> we've, we're, we're everybody's so accepting that maybe maybe ready for this Maybe we could have two sellouts find love. Yeah, I mean, you know look, what I'm saying? It's, it's, it's like this. I'm weird... a MAGA guy, you know, <laughs> six foot two, black, ashy knees. You're a MAGA girl, bad weave. We come, meet together, the MAGA comp, you know, we're out there looking at each other from across the, across the white, smelly womb. Yeah, I there's, there's there's a lot of craziness with this, but, you know, I, I think it's a really solid album. I feel like it's a great follow up, man. I feel like it's. I, I, I won't say I enjoy it better than Freudian, but. I feel like he had a lot of uh, pressure to follow up, and I feel like he did. And I just feel like, just by the nature of his fuckery, like you know, this album will be underheard. It's a really, it's a real shame. Uh, well, yeah, you know, it's the world's full, smallest violin on my side. <laughs> and on to a woke band, Salt. 
So, uh, Salt is a project. Uh, rumors abound. You know, nobody knows who runs it. Perhaps this, you know, artist named Kid Sister from back in the days. A couple producer who's involved. But anyway, long story short, what we do know is three people, mostly people of color. They dropped two records this year, uh, which has been a trend, apparently. Yeah. Um, fuck. Um, so, the uh, first one was called Five. Nobody knows why it was called Five. Second one was cu- called Seven. Nobody knows why it was called Seven. I kind of gave the edge to Five. Um, seven has them kind of finding more of their groove, staying more firmly within, like, funk R&B. With Five, it was a little more experimental. You could tell it's the band trying to find their sound. The thing is that they're dope enough where the sounds they were dabbling in, Afro beats... Pure neo soul, funk rock. They were they're tight enough to fucking tackle. You know what I'm saying? It's yeah. something where like they're definitely multi-talented. They definitely know their genres. And for me, that was a record that A I was surprised on. I mean surprised with. You know, Shasta Digitaro put me onto that. And you know, it, it, I played it to death. And and I think that, you know, while again I think we both kind of appreciate the idea of approaching music where it's not about the flashiness. It's just like, here's a good record, yada, yada, yada. I think there's enough juice there where, you know, I would love to see them tour. I would love to see more things out of them. And I would love to support. So I'm hoping that this project kind of evolves beyond what I presume is a bedroom project. It kind of hits the ground running in 2020. That's all. So, Shasta Yeah. So this is probably, I think it's my number two of the year. And I think it's because I couldn't stop playing this album. Oh, yeah, it's fucking, yeah. Five was oh, in, in forever playing. Yeah. yeah. And, and again, you know, it, it, it bounces around genres. And sometimes when artists do that, like, they fail miserably. But, like, they master every single track. Yeah. Um, the, I, I think the whole fact that the mystery around this, this band is so fascinating to me. It's 2019, 2020. Everybody has social media plugged there everywhere. Yeah. Everybody has streaming cameras and shit. And we still don't, don't know who these people are. And granted, they've only had like 500,000 streams per song. Not even, I don't think they have enough popularity for like, you know, TMZ to start tracking them. But I mean, you know, I'm just listening and like some tracks, it seems like uh, Santiago is singing. Some tracks, it seems like Pharrell is singing. Um, I remember I was like, like, uh, Driving and like my wife was just like, oh, is that Meryl Garbus of uh, Tune Yard? Like, oh shit, it could be, you know. And I think that's like the most interesting part of the project, not the fact that they, they kill it, but like the mystery around this project and you know the fact that it's been a year and we still don't know these people. You know, we still don't know like who, like or what, like this project is. Like we haven't gotten any. Social media, whatever. There's a few sleuths. I know, like DJ Terra, was like trying to like do some digging. I did try to do some digging. Um, I I only know that uh, there's some label out of London. I think uh, I know there's another artist named Cleo Soul, who's an RG artist, who shares the same label. The Kid Sister thing. I I only saw it on like one blog, and like that's a little left field. So yo, props to Kid Sister. Um, but yeah, no. It's one of my favorite albums. I feel like it's completely underheard. I'm actually surprised that it still hasn't gotten the traction. It's one of those things where if I meet you and you're a music head, I'm telling you about this album. And like people are coming back to me and saying, yo, this album is dope. So I'm hoping the word of mouth picks up. I hope they keep putting out projects. I almost don't even want them to reveal themselves. Because I almost feel like it's either going to be like, yeah, Santa Gold and Pharrell. 
Or it's going to be like, oh, no, it's like Homeboy from down the street. <laughs> and you're just like, womp, womp. I kinda, the reason why I see it live is because it's like it's got that funk. You know, some of the songs are very almost disco, like um, ELO, where it's just like EFO? What was the name of the band? E, help me with this. But anyway, long story short. ELO. But the idea of where, you know, it's like it, 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 these are live tracks. Yeah. So it would be dope to hear them live. Yeah, but fuck it, like you're right. It's just, I'm yeah. happy to have what I have. Yeah, and yeah. I do want to shout. Um, there's a the song called Masterpiece, which is I, I think it's 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 all like sampling and whatnot, but it's basically the way they crafted that song around a, a sample. It's fucking amazing. It's one of my favorite songs of like the past five years. Shout out. So uh, shouts to them. Um, okay. Um, next for me is the artist I've been talking about for a long time. If you've been listening to this podcast. Um, the only female rapper that's made my lists, surprisingly, and this was probably an album that just like I just kept coming back to again, like like Lil Sims, Gray Area, and I don't know if Lil Sims like is like the best MC. Like if I if I had the choice to put her against like you know even like a No Name or whatever, like I'd probably pick No Name. I'd probably pick you know something like like Tierra Whack or Rhapsody, whatever. I just thought the production was really dope. I thought it was like a very British take on kind of boom bap American hip hop. I thought she, I think she's a very confident rapper. I think she's like just very like assured of, her, of herself. And yeah, I just I love the production. The production it's hard to explain. Like it's not like a garage thing or whatever. It's just more of like very like film noir like type of production um very kind of like if you watch the movie snatch i could see like a couple of those tracks like being on the soundtrack you know it's one of my favorite movies so i don't know i just thought it was a really interesting and cool project and yeah again i just kept coming back to it so no it's it's dope it's 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 the idea of where and i and i and i'm gonna so the, I think the issue with us and grime in general is the idea we judge it very much in, in hip-hop terms, yeah. where it's definitely hip-hop, although some people see it isn't. But uh, it's just because they're very much concerned with micro bars. So where it's just like, here's a bar, here's a bar, here's a bar, here's a bar, here's a bar. And so I think for us, we look for witty one-liners and witty yada, yeah. yada, yada. Yeah. And they don't give that because they, they love... You know, it's it's about the beat. It's like staying in the pocket. It's about hitting you with dope rhymes. Yeah. And I think that's why we kind of misjudge it. Although I will say this much: Have you heard about Stormzy today? No. So Stormzy, so Wiley, you we know Wiley, right? Wiley yeah, hates yeah, everybody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. OG UK fucking. I, I saw I saw him Wiley trending. Yeah. So all right. So long story short, back back in the back in the Dizzy Rascal era, <laughs> you had Wiley, who was basically one of the first grime rappers out there, laid the blueprints, and you know since then has become an elder in the scene. Um, controversial elder, less about anything per se he's done, but more he's very much the ornery man on the fucking, you know, like, I was here before you young and showed up. And so he's had beef with Dizzy Rascal and a whole bunch of rappers since. So it's almost like a, a rite of passage, let's say. Yeah. So uh, he went after Stormzy, basically called him a sellout because, you know, you're out there doing these songs with Ed Sheeran, yada, 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 this and that, and, you know, a couple barbs. My man Stormzy basically dropped a record today about his fucking moms. On some Pusha T shit. Because apparently his mom's got deported and he couldn't save the moms. Wow. It was just like, Jesus fucking Christ. Leave him alone. He's dead already. Get off the get off as they called the match. But, but that's the thing though. We talked we talked about this. We need like the you you got it's escalated. It escalated. Now. The and, beef that's, is escalated. and then so the reason why I bring back the little Sims is that, you know, our ratchetry is slowly infiltrating the UK. <laughs> <laughs> so only so it's only a matter of time. Before grime becomes just 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 
so 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 beautifully ratchet that it'll it'll be it'll it'll be just just we'll, we'll all represent we'll all, we'll all understand what's happening. That's all. <laughs> and on that note, uh, so my next choice will be oh speaking speaking of going international, Pretty Boy, African Giant. Um, long story short, we can wax poetic, you know, because I don't want to wax too poetic because you all know Drake made Afrobeat. So I can't. I don't want to listen to God. He, he made the content. He made the whole literally, literally. Yeah. I, I it was it was dark continents. <laughs> he's a, he's a Thomas Conrad. Until light skin came. The lights the light skin came. He literally hopped on a boat. <laughs> a royal carnival cruise and found fucking and discovered Africa on his own and brought back his Afrobeat to us. And for that, we're forever thankful to Drake. But uh, no, I think that more than any other record this year, infinitely playable. Like you put it on, it's it's something where I don't think because you always discuss this about like the brunch album, right? Summer hits, yeah. And you know you always have the summer hit song, and you always have the fucking big summer album. But it's also a niche that we kind of forget about, where like going back to like fucking, it goes back to where we wish what Cal, what um Kitchenada was, okay? Or at least Kitchenada. 99% was. Yeah. Calvin Harris. Yeah. You know, these songs of where it's like, all right, cool, I'm having a little, you know, we're, a little, you know, we're, we're in New York City elites. You know, I'm out there in my little rooftop, you know, drinking a couple of white claws, you know, kicking back for a blind woman. Sometimes I want to put something in the background, a little mood music. And I think that Brenna Boyd has kind of made it uh, just a, a fun album you can play, you know, danceable, chill, relax, you can drive around with, you can play in the beach, you can play in the party. He just made like a, a, a nice, long form, chill album. And I think it's a lost art. There isn't a concept there. There, aren't, there isn't any fucking crazy, you know, beat switches and crazy song concepts. It's almost like a DJ kind of put an album together of his best tracks to flow together and put it out there. So props to him. Yeah, yeah. that's what's up. That's what's up. Uh, so my next one is James Blake. Assume form. Ooh, that's a that's a dark horse. <laughs> Everybody hates James Blake. <laughs> so James Blake is, you know, he's been around for for a minute. Yeah, you know, which is kind of weird to kind of think yeah, about. Yeah, about about eight years or so. He's been around for a minute, and you know, he's from the UK. Makes this kind of dark, moody music, very minimalist kind of, you know, two step beats or almost kind of like this minimalist take on grime. Um, I'm not the hugest James Blake fan, and we've talked about this on the podcast when we were reviewing this album, but I think this album was great because he kind of applied his take on, like, you know, like, he, he has tracks with uh, Andre 2000, he, had, he has tracks with, uh, what was it, um, is it Playboy Cardi or 21 Savage? Or? Yeah, he's got Playboy Cardi, 21, 21 Savage, definitely. He's yeah, got, yeah. It's, it's any if you're any sort of rapper bubbling up, he's at, you have a song of James. Yeah, so so it's just like really interesting to see him kind of like apply his template um, to hip hop and kind of saying like, okay, cool, like I'm hanging out with all these rappers, I'm gonna make beats, but I'm gonna do it in a way that's like minimalist and in my own way. And you know, it's a happier album. He's got a girl now. He's living out in LA. I mean, you know, get the place in Calabasas. Calabasas! So, you know, like, it's, it's happier. And maybe I connected with that a little bit more. But, you know, like, like 
the the beat that Andre three thousand raps on, you know, cause I'm, I'm I'm trying to teach myself how to DJ, and I I, I DJ like all Andre three thousand set, and I'm just kind of like, oh snap, like this beat goes hard, like Andre just like bounces on top of the beat, <laughs> like a fucking you know like a, a car of no suspension, you know, and I was like, man, it's like this is really amazing. Uh, he has my my girl Rosalia in there. Um, get a lot of beef, a lot of flack, you know. Yeah. So uh, so no, I thought I thought it was cool. I thought I thought, I thought it was a cool album, and I think it's one of those things where uh, I think there's a lot of pressure for him to kind of perform. I feel like he he did it and he did it in his own way. So you yeah, know, and his big crossover album, crossover album, he's, his stature is only getting better. I, I think it's. I'm not gonna say that he hasn't had. Um, a lot of people will say he's self-titled was the best James Blake. Yeah. But I do think it's kind of hard to deny that as far as the songwriter's concerned, he's come a long way. Oh, yeah. Because a lot of those other records, and I'm, and I'm a huge fan of a lot of these, a lot of these records, they feel like a lot of good musical ideas, but less songs fully yeah. crafted. This felt like a lot more fully crafted songs. And uh, so on my end, what I'm going to do is I'm going to go into a little dancier because I was going to, I had to, I had, I had to catch out a slot. I had it there. Yeah. I was going to slide it in there. I know we're going to beef about it. But I'm I'm a I'm a not vacation out of there. I'm gonna be like, look, I'm gonna give it to an OG Moody Man sinner. Oh yeah, cool. Yeah, long story short, Moody Man, old school Detroit DJ, very R&B influence, very Prince influence, loves Prince. Um, dropped sinner this year. Um, some of the tracks are a little bit older. Um, he kind of stuck it out there literally on Bandcamp one day. Yeah. But um, honestly, it's a, it's a great fucking dance record. It's it's something where I think in a place where slowly, but I can't say slowly, but surely, slowly, I think a lot of the techno gods are realizing that hey, black folks kind of made this music. Yeah. And they kind of turn their eyes back to you know like oh shit, what have we been missing by thinking it's a white genre? They kind of see Moody Man kind of come back and kind of drop a dope record, a dope like. Just a record that kind of touches over a techno and also R&B and also funk. It's a great look. And, you know, like I said, he's, he's a dope, like, insular got vision in music. So props to him. Cool. Yeah. Cool. And, and what's what's your number one, fam? <sighs> My number one record? Yeah. All right. So this is where I struggle. So I got I got two possibles. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Because, like, I could go JPEG Mafia like the little hipster guy I am. But I'm going to go with the easy choice. Gibbs, Madlib Bandana. Cool. Why? Cool. I like Freddie Gibbs. I always like Freddie Gibbs. Freddie Gibbs has some good songs. Yeah. But I love, I love the Freddie Gibbs on their records together. I love how free it is. I I love how hip hop it is. I love how boom bap it is. But I also love how it's not old man rap. Yeah. And I just think that as far as the record's concerned. An artistic achievement. You've got these two guys, you know, MC producer, who are at the height of their game. This dropping shit where it doesn't feel like there's that pressure to have. Like, we're gonna have a crazy classic and we're gonna go tour. It's like, nah, man, give me some beats to rap over. It's, 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 it's a great breezy, like a great breezy chill project. And I think considering how 2019 is, <laughs> I found oddly appealing and a change of pace. <laughs> nice, nice. So I want to run through my two and one really, really quickly. My number two is Tori Moi and her piece. I'm a huge Tori Moi fan, but I also feel like you, I wouldn't say he fell off, but like, I, I feel like he lost his footing. And I feel like this album was like a true return to form. Again, he's another dude that like looked at the landscape, looked at, you know, um, like, you know, everything's trapped. 
all right, cool. I'm going to take the trap movement. I'm going to try to take these beats and deconstruct it. I'm going to deconstruct like what we feel like what we think about aspirational rap or like brand new house. Like I want a brand new house, something I can't afford. You know, he's going to like kind of like play around with culture in a really interesting way. And it's another person who just like played around with culture and made it his own way. Um, my number one, which I'm surprised did not make your list fam. Igor. We'll talk about Igor. <laughs> let's, let's, let's talk about Igor. Tyler the creator. Okay. <laughs> so it's, it's a, Give it, give it to me. So look, is this Tyler the Creator's like best album? I, no, I think like, I like I, I really love his earlier work, even though I you know I can't really play it <laughs> <laughs> around. <laughs> um, but you know I, I I think he took a concept, he took an aesthetic, he took a look, and he ran with it, and he created like a piece of art. I feel um, even to the point where the first and the last note are the same note. So you like you're supposed to play it in a loop, apparently. Um, like all these like little Easter eggs are died through the album. You know, like he, I think, you know, played around. Like you basically was like, I'm going to use this dirty synth sound. I'm going to do it and cut it up and scratch it up throughout the whole album. So like the out the tracks are similar, but they're still different in its, its own way. And then you know, kind of like it's this whole kind of arc of a story of him trying to chase this boy who has a girlfriend and him kind of like maybe further solidifying like his sexuality or what or whatnot um and i just thought it's a piece of art like it just it felt like one cohesive album and one cohesive like it almost felt like a movie to me in a lot of ways and i feel like again it's like you know i feel like it's like an a24 album basically and i feel like there's nothing that dropped this year that kind of came close there's nothing that like especially hip-hop where you just had people just wanting to do a cohesive thing and i think you know he did it like i think the aesthetics that you know him wearing the blonde wig and you know whatever i think that was cool the fact that he had a bunch of collaborators but just like didn't let you know who they were you know like i thought like playing around with that again like that mystery was really cool I just, I, yeah, I, I kept coming back to it. I thought it was a, a solid album. All right, so first of all, shout out to the A24 reference. Beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> Secondly, all right, I can, I can sum up to you by this story, all right? So it's like fucking Secret Santa at my job. I'm like, hey, just buy me a record, whatever record you want. I'm hoping the person would have bought a record they liked. Mm-hmm. Instead, they bought me a record they thought I would like, <laughs> which ended up being Flower Boy. Hmm. Which is a great record. Yeah. My favorite—I can't say my favorite. Going back to you, like I do prefer the, I do like a lot of the old stuff, so I'd have to sit down there and really give it a good listen. Yeah. But definitely one of the top Tyler the Creator albums for me, right? So I was like, oh shit! But I own this bitch already. Let me go get Eagle. So I go to my Urban Outfitters because that's where she got it from. Luckily, shout out to my coworker to give me a gift receipt. Mm. When Dick came back, so I woke up to the cashier, young woman. Hipstery, nose ring. You all know the type. Urban Outfitters, bitch. Yes. So I'm there. I give her a record. She's like, hey, you like Todd the Creator? I'm like, yes, younger woman. I actually do. She's like, awesome. She's like, Igor, though. And I'm like, yeah. She's like, I like Flower Boy. And I'm like, yeah, me too. <laughs> <laughs> Huge fan. So I'm live, yada, yada, yada. And I think what it is is the idea of where, and it, and it goes back. We always have this, this discussion. So there's the idea of where you've got two kind of, kinds of artists, where it's just like, look. You know, I create this art. I'm known for this art. I can stay here and hone this art down. 
Or it's just like, hey, I, 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 I create art, but I'm also creative. I made this art, but hey, if I'm a creative, I want to branch out a little bit. Yeah. I don't want to go. And then there's that push and pull there. I think Igor was his attempt to kind of take the title of creator sounds and kind of branch out. Like I said, nerdy, artsy, very new wavy. But I do think that ultimately the stronger songwriting was with Flower Boy. Oh, yeah. I, I, w- I would definitely say Flower Boy is probably better overall album. Yeah. But I do have to say, you know, th- this is his, you know, uh, the pimple butterfly in a lot of ways. This yes, is agreed. his divisive art piece that, you know, fans might not like, but, you know, they, you know, whatever. But I do have to say, again, like, you know, in 2019, there's no other rapper, I feel, that just kind of came out and created, like, a, a, you know, a package that created something that tells a story arc. I feel like there's, there's, I just, for me, I gravitate toward that, you know, and I understand like why the average fan probably doesn't, but I do have to say like, it's, 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 to me, it's, it's what I, I look for sometimes in, in hip hop. And I feel like more artists should take those risks. And- see, see how this, this is the divide. You're out there you're looking for hip hop where it makes you think boundary pushing. And I'm just there for drug raps. <laughs> Depressing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, look, we agree on the same uh, stuff. Like, this would be a boring ass podcast. Yeah, true, very true, very true. <laughs> well, um, on that note, shouts to Freddie Gibbs and Thuggery, <laughs> <laughs> and also shouts to Tyler the Creator and Avant Garde Hip Hopers. Yeah, you know yeah, they I could mean, both be in the same tree. Yeah, look, the Freddie Gibbs album, I have to say, great album. I kind of missed it. But uh, yeah, nah, mm-hmm. it, it was a good year for music. It was a good it year for music. It was a good user year yeah. for music. So, so and, then, and then we've we've discussed everything that happened this year in music. Uh, this is that that's how great we are on this podcast. Yeah. And next week we're gonna do the actual the decade. Oh, that's oh, right. Shit. Ten years. Remember ten years ago, bro. Less gray hairs. I'm, I'm gonna cram for that one. Better credits <laughs> for you, maybe. <laughs> We had a black. We, there was no Trump. We had a black president. I had no credit ten years we, ago. We had, we had hope and shit. It was crazy. <laughs> Smartphones. We all, we liked Apple. We liked Google. Bro. Oh, you know what I'm saying? I was still rocking a BlackBerry ten years Woo! ago. Woo! <laughs> what? <laughs> Insane. But that's why we're gonna go through the decades, the hits, the misses, the fashion, the styles, the TV shows, Ooh. the movies, Ooh. the scandals. <laughs> anyway y'all thanks for listening we'll be back next week we love all of y'all and for everybody who's scared about 2020 where we're going to go into the insanity all I can tell you is when I think deep 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 and think about people who have influenced me think about old and bastard you know what he would say what's that fuck up <laughs> peace peace <laughs>